You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Hot Take Hot Box. I do wish we were talking on better terms right now. The Eagles have lost three games in a row. After starting out 10-1, and one, going through a gauntlet to begin the season, uh, they, they are, are love, uh, beloved birds have fallen on hard times. Once again, this is the Hot Take Hot Box. The Eagles lose to the Seahawks last night. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, uh, I know you probably haven't gotten a chance to listen to the radio uh, around the Delaware Valley, but it is an absolute cesspool of panic and chaos, and I honestly do not blame them. How are you feeling about what happened last night? Um, not, pretty, not, not, not very good. I'm also not feeling happy about this uh, $30 candle I just bought. So, that's, that's uh, yeah, I went... I went to this bagel shop, got a bagel, got a breakfast sandwich. I was like, "Oh, I'll get this candle, thirty bucks." I was like, "All right." I don't know, man. That why are they why are they overcharging you down at the coffee shop for a candle like that? Thirty bucks. A, I, gonna, I, I I don't know the, do? the Bath and Body Works. They they're running a little racket right now. Anytime that they have a deal, you know, a sale, and the candles are ten bucks, and people are just in there cleaning that place out, and I'm like, well. They must not be that expensive to make because they 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 run those sales quite often. So yeah, but look at they us. also get rid of the shitty ones and not the good ones. Yeah, just so look at us talking about candles here to start off the uh, podcast. Trying to do it. anything we can to deflect from <laughs> what what we got to talk about. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Eagles Seahawks last night Monday night. There was a little bit of rumors, you know, that Jalen wasn't going to play. He does play. He, he flies private by himself. He walks in with Big Dom. Shout out to Big Dom. Uh, we Ever since I started the win for Big Dom campaign, we have not won one game. So uh, that campaign is not going well. Uh, and then the Eagles also, the other news going into the game was that Sean Desai has been relieved of his duties as the p- defensive play caller. I guess he's still the defensive coordinator but he's not calling the defense, Ty. Does that uh, can you help that make sense for me, or what's going on? The yeah. duties were given he's to Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna draw out the plays. He's gonna come up with the plays, but he's not gonna call in which play. Uh, no, I don't know. I have no idea how that works. I guess he's just up in the booth now, and you know, I fucking mean, off up there. Yeah, good for him. They, I mean, they made sure to show him about seventy-five times last night, so I'm sure that made yeah. him feel incredible. Uh, but he probably didn't even know what was going on. So, uh, and earlier in the week, Nick Sirianni saying, you know, there's no chance that I make a, a change. You know, I'm not going to make some snap decision like that. Uh, you know, we're ten, and, we're ten and three. You know, we're 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 fine. We're not going to really start panicking. And then later in the week, he's like, oh yeah, you know, like they asked him after the game last night. He's like, yeah, I made the decision during the week. You know, somewhere in the week. Yeah, somebody told him to make that decision during the week. They said, listen, pal, something's got to change. The defense is getting cooked. You know, probably de- defensive guys are going to him and saying, coach, this ain't it. Something's got to change. And Well, it did change. They go to Matt Patricia last night, 
and unfortunately, it didn't make all that much of a difference. Although I would say, you, would you agree that the defense somewhat played a little bit better last night for at least the first half? You know, I, I think uh, we were a little bit more aggressive, drew up a couple more blitzes. But you know, I mean, all it's hard to really look for the positives in last night's game. But I felt like the defense. I mean, only giving up 20 points kind of held up their end of the bargain. Yeah, I mean, for most of the game, they were good. But then, you know, when we needed them, they gave up a 92-yard drive. Yeah. And uh, that was it. That was pretty much it. It's funny. We needed um, we needed some kind of cornerback to step up in Slay's absence. And uh, a couple of the young ones did. I thought Keely Ringo was good. Yeah. I don't think uh, Elias Ricks didn't play much. I thought he was good. He didn't really get thrown at. Uh, and same with... Um, Josh Job, he wasn't in there much, but um, it was just James Bradbury getting absolutely torched all game long. Um, yeah, he's just a, he's he's the uh, also I don't know if you noticed Shaq Leonard, but he is uh, he's yeah, pretty he's, cooked. He's looking mighty he's, cooked out there. I saw the one video that people were trying to say that he's like like I don't know. I need to see more before I. But my my right now my diagnosis is that man's cooked. Yeah, he's pretty cooked. Uh, on the one play where Sidney Brown um, had Kenneth Walker for oh, yeah. six and then let him get 15, Ken, uh, Shaq Leonard was also kind of like right there and was just, you know, he's just many steps behind and the game process is a little too quickly for him. Uh, I thought Nicholas Morrow was great. I thought Jordan, uh, Jalen Carter was awesome. I thought Jordan Davis was good. Nolan Smith and a little bit he played before he got hurt somehow was good. Fletch. Fletch was, look, was looking good, BG yeah. in the limited snaps. Uh, outside of a couple of those guys, Bayard I think was good. And like I said, Keely Ringo graded out as one of our best players last night. Other than that, um, you know, I didn't really notice Josh Sweat at all. Um, Hassan Reddick. He had that one much. big play in the backfield. That was it. That was it. That early um, in the game, he fucking got through and slammed Kenny Walker back for like a five-yard loss. And he made sure to let you know who it was. He did the sweaty uh, celebration for like yeah. 15 minutes after he did it. Yeah, he w- he wasn't sweat much last night. Uh, Blankenship had another bad game. Uh, Sidney Brown was terrible. He kept missing tackles. Uh, he wasn't there in coverage. Yeah, he was He lost. kept making mistakes. Um, yeah, those guys were, were really bad. Um, and I think, I think they were four or five on third and ten or longer. Um, that just can't happen. That just, that just absolutely cannot happen, so... Yeah, I'm all, not. Um, all in all, though, I'm Ty, not sure. I mean, listen, I, I'm with you. You know, they, there was a, obviously they didn't play great. I'm not expect. I guess my expectations are in the dumpster. So, like, anytime they do something that's like a little bit positive, I'm like, oh wow, like they, you know, well, look what they did. But I mean, they had given up 13 points up until that final drive, and it, it, yeah. it you know, it obviously just came unglued and some incredible. I mean, DK made some great plays. At the end of that game, but a lot of that was just due to the fact that Bradbury, like you made mention, a lot of the guys on this defense are just a step behind. Seems like all season long, we we do we lack youth throughout the entire defense, and it's showing more and more as the season goes along. Maybe these guys are breaking down; they're getting tired. I don't know what exactly it is, but it's pretty apparent that a lot, like a lot of those guys, you know, Darius, Darius, Shaq Leonard. Uh, you, you know, some of the, I mean, you know, the, the BGs of the world, he doesn't play enough to really warrant hate or where, you know, all that, you know, just even any sort of focus. Hassan Reddick, again, nowhere to be found. Uh, Nolan Smith almost crunched himself up trying to tackle Kenneth Walker last night. 
there's just really, you know, like you said, like maybe the Keely Ringos and, uh, you know, Eli Ricks played pretty good last night. So there were some positives. I still think Kevin Byard is okay. You know, like I think he's done an all right job. But yeah. like you said, other than that, it's really just been rough. I, and I think we've talked, we've, we've talked all this time about the defense so far. Really where my anger and my just vitriol is pointed at the offense. Now, where would you like to begin with this hate? Because I, I have a lot of hate to be distributed throughout the entire team or throughout the entire offensive staff. I mean, now, you know, Twitter has become a real big part of this team. There's really We just lack leadership both within the team and within the coaching staff and just at, like this team after that 49er game completely disintegrated and fell apart. It's almost like they believed in their own hype and the, and the facade. And when they were getting pounded out by, by the, the San Francisco 49ers, it like broke their brains and they can't, they were not able to like realize like, wow, like, or, or they did realize we stink. We're actually not that good. We're not as good as we think we are. Like, can you help me make this make sense to me? <laughs> no, I don't think I can. I don't. I mean, I think you got to start by start with Jalen Hurts. I think Hurts had his probably worst game of the year. Um, he was horrible this year. Yeah, it's funny though because you know people keep saying, "Oh, well, you know, we got to rest him. We should have played Mariota, or he's hurt, or, he, or he's sick." But he he ran the ball well, so that wasn't an issue at all. Running the ball wasn't a problem. It was just throwing the ball. He he wasn't on the same page with anybody. Um, which is crazy. I mean, I mean, how long is how many reps do him and AJ have together? And they weren't on the same page at all last night. The deep ball, he was, you know, used to be one of the better deep ball throwers in the league. Yeah, I haven't really seen him do much with the deep ball this year. And um, last night he was pretty bad with it. Uh, yeah, he kept under throwing guys. Um, both interceptions were bad. I, I see people shitting on Quez Watkins for that, um, but that ball was on their throne. You gotta, you gotta like, you know, lead your guy. So, and then the AJ Brown one, he could never come back to that one. The other one on the on the bottom, on the the left side, I guess he was going deep, and he was like 15 yards under thrown on the third down. Yeah, he was just he was just bad. He was just bad all game, really. I mean, nobody nobody really um, got in the the only rhythm we really had was when we were running the ball with Swift, and even then we started to get uh, very complacent. I don't remember we were up seven nothing. We could have um, made a 14 nothing if we were doing. You know, if we were running a uh, competent red zone offense and we was third and six and we give it to Swift and he gets one yard or back to the line of scrimmage, such a such a just terrible play in a crucial moment, really. You know, we go up ten nothing, cool, but would be much better we go up fourteen nothing. So the play calling's still terrible. Uh we just love screens. I don't understand what the obsession with screens are. I mean, if you want to space out like a screen each quarter, sure, but you know, back to back to back. Uh, eventually people start to figure figure you out. Um, Swift, we can't really get him going in the passing game anymore, so that's no. unfortunate. Um, we start the game with we start the game with Kenny Gainwell the entire time. I like mixing him in, but I don't understand the obsession with starting him on the first two drives and then you know not really even giving the ball much after that. What, what's the point of starting him? You know, um, so that's confusing. The overall offensive game plan and um, you know playbook just seems not. Not uh, not good. No. Not 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 playoff level. Not Super Bowl contender level. Anyway, so I uh, I listen. We've been talking about this for a while now, and 
it seems like we're beating a dead horse at this point, but I, we're really not. It's they the offense is so predictable. I mean, you see Christian McCaffrey's on the Manning cast last night. He's telling you what play they're going to run. He's like, oh yeah, they're going to the look where the tight end is. They're going to pull the guard and uh, Jalen's going to try and run it up the middle. Literally, the ex- that exact thing happens because the Eagles are that predictable. They love running the bubble screen. Uh, and then they'll have Devontae Smith as the lead blocker. So, you know, that really makes Terrible. a lot of sense. You're running a tight end screen, a tight end bubble screen, or a Julio Jones bubble screen. And uh, that's the that's the lead blocker that you want out there to try and really just cl- clear the way for one of your big guys to get down the field. That makes absolutely no sense. Some of their play calls on third down are horrible. They are all like, they kind of, I don't like, it, they call plays and try, and Jalen plays like this is Madden. Like he's always just trying to make a big play. Like there's no repercussions or consequences for throwing it deep. And what, listen, the, the, the ball to Quez was horrible. You know, it was, it was underthrown, it was a bad decision. Uh, you know, honestly, the worst decision was that you know, unless you throw that ball all the way out there, Quez isn't fighting to get the to come back to the ball. How many times has Quez Watkins let you down in a situation like that? How many times do we have to fall for? Quez Watkins yeah. on a cut. There was a couple of little clips that I saw of Quez like running routes like so half ass and stopping like at the top of the route and not continuing it. It's you can you you can't be confused. This is the kind of player he is. This is. You can kind of blame Howie Roseman, but this is the offense or the defense that they've they've set they've set up. The offense, I should say. He can't get thirty plus snaps a game. That just can't happen. Um, but they don't have a better option, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, Zacchaeus doesn't get open. Uh, Julio Jones is a ghost. Um, the tight end, dude. Grant Cal- Grant Calcaterra got hurt again. I I don't understand what's wrong with that guy. I, I feel bad. I feel like football is not the move for him anymore. I don't know how he gets hurt because I, I rarely ever see him actually out there. I know he's out there. I just don't, you know, like ha- like you said, how is he getting hurt over and over again? Maybe this sport isn't for him. I, I wouldn't be yeah. for me. My, my body would break down too, but listen. Bottom four NFL receivers real quick in sure. yards per route run. Bottom four in the NFL. Minimum 100 routes. Bottom four in yards per route run. Number one is Julio, point two zero. Number okay. two is Randall Cobb, point two four. Number three is Jalen Rager, 0.30. Number four is Quez Watkins, 0.33. We have two of the bottom four. Uh, we used to have number three also. I, we just have, um, you know, people people talk about our offense and how it's high-powered and it has a lot of potential. And I think it's, you know, for most part, true. Uh, you know, but I don't think that O-line's the best O-line in football anymore. I think it's Lane Johnson's taking some steps back. The interior last night got cooked. Uh, Jason Kelsey's the only one who played well. Uh, Suo Pettis stinks. He's yeah. not even a backup quality player in, in the league. I remember I remember two years ago or last year, some Eagles fan, I think it might have been that Thomas Peterson feller, um, he was saying how we have the best backup O-lineman in the league in Soho Peta. I'm like, bro, what? Like, that's not – how do you even know that? And then he started to play and he got absolutely fried. And I'm like, well, there you go. That That's why he doesn't play. Landon Dickerson was terrible. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. So I think you know the O line's taking a step back. Uh, we have we have two decent running backs here and there, right? One's good in the pass game, one's good in the run game. We have two good receivers. We have a good tight end. That's it. I guess it, it sounds weird to say that's it, but 
we don't have any depth behind these guys. So if one of the receivers has an off game, like if AJ Brown's not getting open, if Devontae Smith's not getting open, or whatever the case may be, now you really are down another option. Now you have nobody. Now you have one receiver that you can rely on. And the OC is terrible. So now, you, you know, guys aren't getting schemed open. Now you're forcing them to play, you know, kind of seven on seven ball. And that's just not going to really work against the top teams in the, in the in the league. Also, we were going against not one of the top teams in, in the league. This is a team that was on a four-game losing streak. Um, they didn't have Devin Witherspoon. They didn't have Jamal Adams. So, or you know, the fact that our offense – or their quarterback. Or their quarterback. Yeah. Like, they had many guys that were missing. And, you know, the fact that we couldn't score any points against these guys, I mean, 17 points against – Against Seattle, I understand another another bad weather game. I, I feel like we can't get a nice sunny day lately. But um, you know, they just gave up forty one points to the Cowboys. They gave up like sixty points to the Niners in two games combined. Um, they gave up like forty to the Ravens earlier this year. Like this is not a good team. This is not a good defense. And for us to barely crack three hundred yards, you know, I just, um, I, I you know, I don't know. We need more, much more from Hertz. And uh, I just don't know if we're really going to get that. Like, what's what's the, the offense is not is not in rhythm, and uh, you know, guys are guys are upset. AJ Brown's on Twitter quoting random guys' tweets and you know freaking out, making threads, tweeting through yeah, it. That's not good. as they say. Um. So yeah, I mean, the defense it's all ugly right now. You know, people want to give the defense credit. Yeah, they played well for for a good part of the game, but when we really needed them, dude. They got walked down by Drew Locke to lose the game. Like James Bradbury got cooked by a rookie. Um, you know, that that third and ten. They were four or five. Like I said, four or five on third and ten or longer. The first one, Hassan Reddick was in coverage, getting beat by Tyler Lockett in the zone. How does that work? Why is that happening? What's Matt Patricia doing there? So um, a lot of things that make me scratch my head. I mean, my dad, you know. Half, half of the game, my dad's just confused at w- what we're doing. I'm like, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know why we're running another screen after we ran a screen that didn't work. It's it's all bad. Uh, I, I'm i telling you, I I have a tough time being really mad at the, at the defense when you only give up 20 points. Like, I, I, I am with you because they ultimately they gave the game up at the very end because you needed them to just stand up one more time. But the problem I have is that you you put them in that situation. You had plenty, multiple opportunities to put this game away, close this game out, and they could not do it. And I honestly, I really, I want to put my focus on number one, man. That that's the that's the guy for me that I am the most worried about, concerned about, and I I just I'm a little confused because all last season I think he had eight turnovers. Come, like for the whole year, and what's he at seventeen now? I, yeah. I think is the, the number I saw last night. That can't, like that is unbelievable, and it doesn't look like he's seeing the field at all. Uh, the, the way he, at least the way he was last year, like maybe it's just been this little pocket because there were games, you know, against Washington. But that, what does that matter? Because Washington has one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Jalen has made mistake after mistake. Has not seen the field well, has not really just taked what the defense given you. He's turned into this just hero ball kind of player, and he never really was that kind of guy. He always seemed like he was under control, disciplined, made the right decisions all the time. And it seems like the second he got that contract, it turned like it, it, it I, I don't want to say this and it but the instant my my vibe I got right away was like, wow, 
is the same thing happening that happened to Carson Wentz. Like, remember when we gave Carson Wentz that money and the guy just forgot how to play football? Like, yeah. I don't think it's to that level. I'll never think it's that bad because Jalen Hurts is not a selfish prick like Carson Wentz was because that seemed like the bigger issue than anything on the field. But I will say I, I, I'm worried, man. I, I'm really worried because I, I don't like I, – I, you used to be able to count. Listen, if the, the offense is getting cooked, it is what it is. He'll have, uh, you know, same uh, thing, 17 for 31, 143, no touchdowns, no picks. You wouldn't see those interceptions. Those interceptions killed them last night. I mean, they drive down the field at the end of that game. That he gets, the, he runs up, slides. They call timeout. What's there? Thirteen seconds left. And whether it's the play call or him, it, it, there has to be like a little bit of a, a like a, like a conversation. Like, oh, your first read is AJ Brown. That's fine. There's a safety playing center field over the top. You have to look across the middle of the field. If that's not there, take off. It, it, we all we needed was like 15, 20 yards. And we're kicking a field goal to tie the game. Uh, like, I couldn't believe that that um, decision to throw deep like that. And all we needed, like you said, was twenty yards, right? Yeah, uh, I think we were on their their four or our forty five, and we needed yeah, like maybe ten, fifteen yards to you know maybe he might have missed it, but it still would have given us the opportunity to kick that field goal. Yeah, um, and he, he got 20 yards on the run, on the scramble, so they gave us 24 yards. We had two timeouts, I think, for, uh, what, 12, 13 seconds? Yeah. Um, I know, you know, <clears throat> posting, like, still shots, you know, it's kind of hard to really uh, make an argument because football moves so quick, but he did have Kenny Gainwell right next to him with nobody near him um, on that little dump ball. He could have dumped it off and got 15, 20 yards. But he wasn't looking. He was just, like you said, locked in on A.J. Brown. He doesn't really uh, – he's not going through his uh, progressions that well. He's not reading defenses that well. You know, we, he needs to be better pre- and post-snap. Um, he, needs, he needs to make better decisions with the ball. Um, he doesn't he, seem comfortable not, throwing the ball over the middle of the field at all. Like, it's yeah. – everything is outside the numbers to the right or left. It's – He's not making really, uh, you know, how many times did we used to see him make plays off script, you know, on the run or outside the pocket? He's not doing that at all. You know, I remember the one time he was kind of running around this field on a third down, then he comes back and throws it short of the first down, and he wasn't even open. So it seems like guys aren't getting open. Guys aren't, like you said, with Quez Watkins, not really trying the run routes. Um, for some reason, Jalen's not on the same page with some of these guys, which makes no sense because this season's almost over. And he's been playing with these same the same guys for a couple of years now, so I don't understand. You know it, what, what's going on, really? Sirianni isn't he supposed to be an offensive guy? Like I feel like you know this is his offense. Well, he's this part is of the his problem. team. Yeah, absolutely. So he needs to figure it out. They all need to get together, figure it out, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the, you know, they made it a, a change in the defensive staff, and it seemed to kind of work. So maybe they need to do the same thing on offense. I'm not. I'm not really sure. And he came out hard last night and was like, no, there's no way I'm going to do that. Kind of similar to the way he did last week. But I, I the offense, uh, that's the more concerning for me is because he's supposed to be an offensive coach. We're supposed to have a $50 million a year quarterback. This guy's getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars over five years. This, this shouldn't be happening. This should not be a problem. And through bad play calls, offensive court, whatever – Jalen's supposed to at some point like throw the team on his back and maybe win us win us one of these games. This was the game that even you know like 
the, the defense let you down, yada, yada. You got to go out there and make a play to win this game. And maybe that's what he's thinking when he's throwing deep to A.J. Brown, but in no universe is that a good decision or a good throw in that situation at all. There's no way you're going to, like, you're throwing into double coverage down the field with a safety that's coming all the way across the field who's going to have a perfect look at that. Like, unless you're throwing that ball way ahead of everybody, which is a bomb of a throw, then it's not it's not a good decision. It's probably not a good decision no matter what. So... I, I just I, I have I I have no faith in them at all. It, my all of my faith is gone. They come out in the second half last night and just look lifeless. It's, I mean, on defense, they the the Seahawks come down and drive right down their throats to essentially tie that game. It was it was a tie game, right? Ten ten, and then we came back and scored, and then it was just it was all Seahawks in the fourth quarter. And I I don't know, Ty. I I just. I I wanna I wanna be like all angry, you know, like a part of me was angry last night. But why should I be angry when these guys are all on Twitter just saying, "Well, I played good," you know? It's what's the big deal? You got like you said, AJ Brown making threads, saying, "Check my numbers." We we you know I'm good. Darius Slay's retweeting Travarius Ward saying, "Took over another bird's nest," you know, with, with, like with an interception, like. These guys, especially like a Darius Slay, they seem like they're just happy to be here. You know, like happy to be in the NFL. It's just, they don't, it's not really like life or death to them. It's just, it's all right. You know, we, we, you know, it's just a game at the end of the day. Like that's, and you can't have that mentality because there's a, these people that are paying for these tickets and and rooting for this team, they don't, they don't accept that. And they are not going to identify with this team. Like last year, I loved this Eagles team. This Eagles team this year is, are moving in is approaching territory where like one of my least favorite teams. They're in like Sixers territory. They were like I know I like to use that as like the ultimate negative, but like um, we're gonna have like apathy towards them because even if they go out and win these next three games, Ty, and they end up thirteen and four, are you gonna give a shit? No, no, I already kind of don't give a shit. Um, yeah, I mean, if, listen, they dropped one of the Giants. It's it's probably over. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what else could change in this short of time. You know, the season's almost over. Like we're it's it's almost time for that big game, and we uh, we haven't won that big game in a couple of weeks. I know we actually won a couple big games this year, but in, in very ugly fashion. And now, you know, things aren't going our way. Turnover luck, penalty luck. Uh, you know, just the game itself. It, it's it's not going in our favor. Now we're getting banged up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What? I, I I'm, I'm very hopeless. What? How about last night though, when Drew Locke lands on like lands on the ground, throws the ball, his knees on the ground, throws the ball, and it's fourth and two, and the Seahawks get up on the ball to run a play, and we're I'm in the bar screaming like, why are we not throwing the fucking challenge flag? How is there not someone in his ear saying, hey, that guy was down five yards back, they won't go for it if they fuck like. Throw the fucking challenge flag. And he doesn't. He gets Sirianni gets bailed out by Pete Carroll calling timeout. Yeah, and then like Sirianni's on the sideline, like, what are you fucking stupid? Like saying, like, you're fucking stupid, dude. Sirianni like Sirianni, it's it, he it's the spotlight is on him, the spotlight's on Jalen Hurts. Sirianni is kind of getting exposed because he has lost complete control of this locker room. You have people tweeting left and right. No one's accountable for anything that's happening. The the offense sucks. The defense sucks. You have million like over the cap level talent 
and you have talent on both sides of the ball, and your team has just completely folded down the stretch, man. So, listen, I don't want to start doing that, but it, the Sirianni, it, it's it's getting close to the hot seat territory. I'm not. I know that's a little dramatic, but it's not not really though. When you when no. you think of what the the Eagles situation is and how they went to the Super Bowl last year, and they are not they're not going to the Super Bowl this year, and they have also pretty much the same team. And just the, it's more of just the way this is happening. I think it's not like say they were to look, you know, all right, and the the way they looked in the when they were ten and one, they finish fourteen and three, and they lose in the divisional round to the Cowboys or something like that. And you're like, well, you know, I'm not happy about that, but like they, you know, they, it's just a rough year. We're gonna bounce back next year. They finish eleven and six. You know, I don't know what are they probably gonna finish like twelve and five. I mean, I, I I have a feeling they're going to drop one of these uh, Giants games. I don't know whether it's here or in uh, MetLife, but I just have such a negative, negative opinion of them that if they get bumped in the first round, then r- really, there's I think all bets are off. Uh, let me just say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for sure. And like you said, the stuff happening off the field just shows you that guys aren't uh, you know guys aren't uh, buying in this year for whatever reason. Compared to previous years, we brought in a couple more veteran presences, uh, which I didn't think we even needed, and that hasn't worked. That doesn't help. That doesn't mean you know doesn't mean anything. So I'm kind of um, yeah, I'm kind of confused at what, at what we do from here. Honestly, we just gotta <laughs> we just gotta win out. I guess I don't uh, I, I don't know what the easy solution is. Are we looking for the are we are we gonna start doing mock drafts? Is it a mock draft season? I uh, like it. it Soon it will be because I mean the Eagles are not going to go far in the playoffs it, 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 as currently constructed, and I don't have it, like it will not matter to me if they go out and blow the Giants out. Really, it won't. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like it'll it'll be like okay, maybe they're trending in the right direction, but I don't even have faith in that. You can't. You couldn't go out there and shut Drew Lockdown on a game-winning drive. Uh, I mean, what? Well, who tells you that your cousin Tommy DeVito can't go down there and do the same thing? I, I, yeah. I watched him do it against the uh, Packers recently. So why why couldn't he do it against us? Our defense stinks. Why couldn't he? That's like I have just such a low low opinion of this team, and, and just like Jalen after the game last night, it's like, oh, we're not committed. You know, the the a lot of these guys, you know, so we're not we're not commit. Like, what does that even mean? What the what 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 are you even trying to say there? What what who's not committed? Uh, you're not committed to making the right decision. You're not committed to throwing the ball into the middle of the field. You're not committed to, to fucking throwing to the checkdown guy and letting Devontae Smith get caught up for 15 yards. Like you you it's your fault, bro. You you fumbled the Super Bowl away last year. We all kind of just let that go, and now you're just fumbling the fucking season away. So there you go. Now you know what it's like to be in Philly, Jalen. Yeah, you said it best. I, I couldn't really. I don't. I don't know what else I can even. Um, yeah, you know, I'm fired getting, up. Get, getting gamed by a rookie who made a great catch when you have you know a guy that you just gave what three years, forty million, forty something million to, yeah, twenty million guaranteed. Yeah, not good. Not a good look. So, uh, like I said, it was good to see Kaylee Ringo actually play well. Um, you know, not not getting flagged while giving up a twenty yard catch. So I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see more of the young guys because James Bradbury is just not getting it done. He's multiple steps behind. There's multiple um, plays where he was just, you know, real quick, and he's he's cooked. He was with 
uh, DK on that on that big catch on third down that that uh, split between him and Sidney Brown. He was there, and then just one or two steps, he's he's now he's not there. So turning thirty has really done a number on him. I'm sure it's going to do a number on me and my kidney, my kidneys. But yeah. I'm not getting paid that much money a year. I wish I was. I am not. So. He just needs to be better. I mean, dude, Nicholas Morrow is like carrying. He's been like the most consistent player on the defense. He actually played besides, well last night. Besides Jalen Carter, yeah, on that third down, third and one, he came and blew it up the fourth, uh, fourth and two, and then Bradbury gets called for pass interference, which people were saying was a little soft, but you know, he 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 grabbed the hip and turned, yeah, which he used to his advantage. So you know, I, I, it's really hard to, to to call that a ticky tack. Ticky tack call. That's that's all he does. Remember in the Super Bowl, he did the same thing. Hard on the hip, slight turn. So um, he's been a handsy guy's whole his whole career. Um, and yeah, we we really just miss Slay, which I hate because yeah, he's you know like you said retweeting things, talking to, you know tweeting this, tweeting that off the field. And uh, I did like how he just flamed up this guy Eric Weems. Saw that. Uh, who is like a special teamer? I, I forgot all about him, and he said he's good, but not a dif- not a difference maker, which is absolutely false. Because you know, we just lost the Seahawks. We don't lose the Seahawks possibly with him in there. Very hard to tell, and you can't really you know. It's hard to decipher how a game would go with him when it went without him. So anyway, but to see him say he ain't great, he's not a game changer, and then Slay said. Coming from a dude that just comes in the block, <laughs> come on, brah. and that's good. that's a good one. I gotta say that's that's a that's a good chirp. So um, we do miss him. He is a game changer. You know, we need him out there. And arguably, I would argue uh, maybe we can put Bradbury in the slot. You know, to kind of help with Bradley Groby. I see Avante Maddox is practicing, so that'd be good if we can get him back. But I'm sure he'll get hurt. You know, as soon as he plays, anyway. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I- you see, your boy J, uh, AJ Brown. I did want to read that tweet too. Uh, him, there was a picture. There was a video. I think of uh, Devontae Smith kind of just coming underneath. Um, I think one of those third downs, and yeah, and he threw it to and he, AJ. And he threw it to AJ deep, and the one that we were talking about was like way short and was not a good throw. Uh, some guy named Lord. Shout out to Lord Brunson. I've seen him on Twitter before, but he said this shit burns me up because this that buddy ball shit. It's okay for AJ to be a decoy on this play. Take the easy completion clearly is impounded into the philosophy of this offense, which is I believe like that. I literally just said that like they just all chunk plays, all superstar kind of hero ball sort of. Let's just make the biggest play possible at all given times. It's just it's not the answer, but they keep it. You know they keep doing it. So AJ Brown fires back, quotes the tweet, doesn't even just reply. He quotes the tweet and says, "Y'all fans swear y'all know everything. It's a shot play to me." On the first read, he just missed the throw. Of course, of course, we could have threw it to six. I guess is the, he's trying to just say Devontae said because it didn't work. But when the shit works, everyone is happy. Quit all that buddy ball shit. I am a decoy on many plays, which I'm not sure what plays those. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many of those plays. I mean, there's plays where he's blocking and there's a screen, and I'm like, why is he the lone blocker for a tight end screen going towards him? I know he's a big body receiver, but I'd rather have him running downhill towards the tight end. I don't know. I Listen, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a guy with the, with the podcast. So, um, But, yeah, him doing that is not great. He um, wasn't done. He wasn't done. What no. else we got? And all that he forcing me the ball shit, too. He doesn't say shit. He says she. So I'm in his head she. bullshit. When I, when I make plays, everyone happy. But when it's incomplete, it's I'm making him throw me the ball. I get blamed more for more shit than anything. 
tired of y'all playing with my character. And there you go. Listen, I would maybe have his back or agree with him if he wasn't the one throwing a bitch fit to begin the season. On, on the second game of the season when we were winning, you know, and he tries to claim that it wasn't about him getting the ball. It absolutely was about him not getting the ball. He, it's not good enough for for AJ Brown for us to just win. We need to win, and he needs to do well. That like, don't act like that's not a part of this game. So, uh, also, I, can we talk about the the staffer on the um on the um? Apparently, it's a player. I I, I looked into this a little bit. It's a uh, injured player of some sort. And he looks he, like a punter. Is he a backup punter? I don't know. He, uh, obscure white looks guy like is what I saw. Is yeah. what, literally what I saw. Looks I like did. a generic white guy. Him going out of his way to, you know, accidentally get in the way when we all knew what he was doing. After he pushed, uh, you know, after AJ gave a slight push to the corner, he comes out of nowhere, you know, um, and just kind of just gets in the way on accident to make it look like an accident, which we all know what he did. He just got right in AJ's, right in AJ's way. AJ didn't see him, and obviously – he kind of uh, accidentally shoved AJ, which he did on purpose, and then AJ got in his face. And people were like, "Oh, AJ should be thrown out." It's like, no, no, that guy should be thrown out if that's the precedent we're setting. But um, I just thought that was hilarious, and also much more, um, you know, much more, uh, much more aggressive, I guess, than yeah. anything Big Dom did. But you know, what are you going to do? Well, I, I would like to see that guy banned from the sideline for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. I think that's or play, put him in the game. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm no, I mean, play, if he's, he's not, not playing, play if he's not playing, he should not be allowed on the sideline. They set the precedent, not me. They they went and said how bad Big Dom was, and how he did the the worst thing ever. This guy was trying to do the like, doing what way worse than what Big Dom was doing. All Big Dom was doing was breaking up a uh, like a scuffle. Like he was just trying to get his player up, and another guy was in his face, and all he did was kind of like yo yo back up, and he got a punch thrown at him. This little yeah. white guy is purposely trying to do that. Like, he's trying to set up fucking trying to take a charge yeah, yeah. on A.J. Brown. Yeah, yeah. And on the fucking sideline. That, that You can't let that happen. So, I would like to see the league step in and uh, ban that guy from the from the sideline. I think that's the only appropriate response after what they did earlier this season. So, um, Ty, I guess we should kind of just, you know, we've, we've talked enough about the Seahawks game and what's what the problems are. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the Eagles uh, next game, which is on Christmas Day, against the Giants, they they, they always they're always going to find a way to try to ruin your holidays, and here we are, a perfect opportunity to ruin Christmas dinner for everybody out there across the Delaware Valley and across the country. Um, do you uh, listen? I, me and you both were, you know, even in spite of how bad they have played, had faith that they were going to win that game last night. And they let both of us down. Like you, you, we shit on them after that Cowboy game, and you were very confident, saying, "Listen, the the Seahawks are bad. We are going to win this game. We are going to take care of business." And they just they didn't. We were both just like dumbfounded, and and we were both wrong. So, like, do you do you have any confidence that they're going to beat the? I know the Giants are another level of bad, but I I don't feel confident at all. I I don't feel good about like. Do you? I I think they're gonna win, but like, do I? Would I bet money or do I feel confident? Not at all. Yeah, they just lost twenty four six to the Saints, uh, and again we which we we needed them to win. And the week before they beat the Packers at home, so that was that was kind of crazy. I think you know they're pretty bad. Uh, they're banged up. Also, I know they're getting Darren Waller back, but uh, Tommy DeVito's getting figured out. Their O line's getting figured out. You know what are we? Uh, what are we gonna be like? 
10, 11 point favorites probably. So yeah, it's on Christmas day, four 30, um, 11 and a half. Let's see. If, let's see. I think the game will be decided by how much of this game I will be able to watch. So let's see. Cause I think I'm working on Christmas day. The schedule's not out yet, so never mind. Um, I think I'll be able to watch most of this game. However, yeah, I think they should win by like 20, two touchdowns maybe. Will they? Probably not. Probably not. But they are at home. Um, if they struggle at all early early on, you know that that crowd's going to be fired up because this is Christmas Day. If I show up on Christmas Day to watch you play football, you better put belts to asses. That's what you better do. So we will see. We will see if they do that. The link will be fired up in multiple ways. They might burn it down if we lose. Um, As they should, but yeah, I think we should. I think we should handle them. Um, who else plays on Christmas Day? Is it, I guess uh, we're the second game. Raiders, Raiders Chiefs. Yeah, Ravens, Ravens Niners yeah. is a night Oof. game, which is nice. That is nice. That is really nice. Also, I like the Raiders Chiefs game, even though you know the Chiefs should probably roll. Division game is always tough, and I think did they lose them earlier this year. Maybe not. No, but um, the Chiefs has not been playing well lately either. So, yeah, and. You, we kind of talked about how, you know, like, they the Chiefs don't exactly have the most electric weapons in the world, but they still scheme guys open. And, they, like, Rasheed yeah. Rice is, is catching balls with 10 yards of space around him. And, you know, uh, uh, what's the other uh, – MVS, you know, whenever he catches his one pass a game, there's – I don't all know. All the tight ends. Yeah, like, you know, backs, yeah, Justin Watson. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is uh, mossing guys in the end zone. He's 5'7". Yeah. Uh, be nice if one of our guys could do some shit like that, but so we're gonna. Uh, so you you have confidence. You think they win? You think they cover? Uh, yes. I don't. I, I just. I, I want to believe. I, I'm. I want to say that they win, but I mean, I, I I I they do win. I just don't know if they cover. I think this game might be a little bit closer than it should be because I think our offense is horrible. I I, re- I really think that's the big issue here. It's. Not that I think the defense will hold up its end of the bargain because it's Tommy DeVito and you know is Saquon Barkley going to be able to run the ball on us? Is he no? Like, I don't but maybe know. like chunk plays, you know. Uh, uh, but I don't, probably not. I, I like I know that the the Saints shut them down, but I, I I just don't know. I have that that that's just goes to show you the lack of faith that I have in this team now. I, I have no. No respect for them. They don't respect me. So why, why in God's name, or honestly, anybody in the NFL doesn't even respect you. The Eagles are, have been getting dog walked across all the national media and all that stuff, and it's honestly rightfully so. It's it's been embarrassing. But I guess my official points prediction would be twenty seven to sixteen. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna say like twenty eight to fourteen. And uh, let's just—I uh, guess it, let's just hope that it—it uh, it goes our way. I—I I, I have uh, Ty. It's been a while since I've had this sort of like apathy towards a team, uh, Eagles related. I think maybe with, like the one of the worst I've ever had was when Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly's last year as the uh, head coach. I like was rooting for them to lose at the end of the season, and I had never done that as an Eagles fan. They were I the just, worst part. I'm sorry. No, God, keep going. No, no, it was, uh, it was the same. The, thing. The worst part is going to be the people that are like, you know what? When we're winning the Super Bowl, I don't want you guys to say, you know, you're fans and, and those kind of people that are coming out here and trying to be the, you know, oh, don't, don't, don't jump off the wagon yet. You know, I'm a real Eagles fan and I know that we're going to get this right. I want to strangle all those people with my bare hands. <laughs> I just want, I just want to say that because I, I see a lot of that on social media. I couldn't agree more. I hate 
those kind of people because you know that they're they're in a win-win situation. If the Eagles turn it around, then they can say, yeah, look, I always believed in them. I was right. Yeah. And then when they lose and we're all like, oh, you, I thought you told us. And they're like, oh, sorry, didn't know it was wrong to be a fan. I just love my team. Okay, pal. Yeah. Uh, like, we're all fans, but me, people like me, you, lots of other people out there like to, like, look at the team from a somewhat, like, we're biased, but, like, we kind of like to just, you know, analyze what we're seeing and kind of just realize, wow, like, we stink right now. We are bad. Yeah. I love the Eagles, dude. They, you know, we, we all do. They've made us cry many a times. They've, they've uh, both happy tears and... Definitely, when I was a when I was a wee lad, they made me cry multiple times, losing their NFC Championship after NFC Championship after NFC yeah. Championship. So they've broken my heart plenty of times. I believe in these guys, but I don't believe in this team. All right, me, I'll just go out and say that. Hopefully, you can you can clip that off and say, "Wow, McSweeney is a moron." Sure, sure, hope so. Really hope you guys R- are all right. Real guys. moron. Yeah, uh, the sky's not falling, right? Yeah, no, we'll we'll get this right. Sure, we will. And that's the, that's the thing that's going to piss me off is because all these people are going to come out after we, we win these next three games and go, look, we're, we're, you know, we won the division. We're, we're still back. in good shape. We're, we're back. We're, you know, we're going to win that, uh, that first, that game against what, I don't know who we play the lions or somebody. Bucks, maybe, or yeah. Somebody, like we, uh, we would play like the bucks in the first round and then we would play like who in the second round. I think it would be the lions. Niners. Or lions. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think it would be the lions. Cause the, well, I, or, what would it be? It would be. I think the Bucks would play the Cowboys because they would be a four-five. Because the the Bucks would be a division winner. Is that in this theory? I think. And yes. then it would be us versus the seven seed, which would probably be like the Vikings or you know like a bad team, which I still wouldn't even feel good about. Truly, I mean, we just lost to the Seahawks. Maybe the Seahawks come here later on. We haven't beat the Seahawks since two thousand eight. Oh wait. Pete Carroll is eight yeah. zero against us. I feel like I was yes. watching a Notre Dame game last night. They just that, found so a way bad. to lose. Pete Carroll's not a good coach in his current form. I don't care what anybody says. He doesn't go for on fourth and anything anywhere. Uh, he did a couple times against us, but that he you know he knew we were we were a uh, child's play, if you will. So um, yeah, we got to beat that guy. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, I, I could keep going. I still, I was just about to go back into another Sirianni diatribe, but I'm not. I'm done. I'm done with the Eagles right now. Good word. We will, we will keep it moving you like that. Uh, not the, it's not demarcation, like but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty good. How about it's pretty, pretty hot? I guess. Ooh, all right, don't get me worked up. How about the Phils? <laughs> the only thing I could uh, kind of get some sort of positivity out, out of right now is the Phillies are somewhat connected to my boy. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He was FaceTiming Bryce Harper during the meeting. They went and met with his representatives. Uh, the The rumors are that he's not... The Phillies are not going to be the highest bidder, but they are aggressively pursuing him. So I, I don't... I don't exactly know how to take that. Uh, I don't know how much money this guy's going to get. I was hearing... I saw a contract that was in the neighborhood of like 10 years... Three hundred million dollars, which I'm not so sure that he would. I, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but I don't think that it would be really smart for him to do a deal that long. I mean, maybe if he wants just the guaranteed money and not have to worry about it, but he's only 25 years old. If he did a five or six year deal, became a free agent at 31, I think he could cash in again for an even bigger deal that would give him another six years and maybe you know getting paid 35, 40 million a year, right? So. 
That yeah. was kind of my thought process when that was happening. But uh, it seems like the organization met with the, the right-hander last week, had Bryce Harper get involved in the FaceTime call, and has a concrete has a end as concrete contract offers begin to pour in. Alex Coffey reported that the Phillies intend to stay aggressive in the pursuit of one of the free agent class's top arms. So, I mean, obviously you're going to be fighting off teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers as well apparently are involved. Mets. Uh, Mets, you know, everyone, it seems like everyone in the majors is going to be involved in uh, this, this kid's, trying to get this kid's services. But... I guess it's all going to depend on where does he want to go. It, it would make sense. Honestly, it seems like the Dodgers would make the most logical sense with them getting Otani and, you know, it, it, those guys, you know, he wanted to play with a Japanese player, I think was one of the things I heard earlier in the offseason. But, you know, maybe the Dodgers don't want to – maybe the, the price gets too high where they're like, I don't really want to go in on that again, you know, because, I mean, they – Bullshit. They, well, they, Do they, it. They did just spend a lot of money, Ty. They, 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 oh, horse shit. But, but it is deferred. It is def- Maybe they'll just defer everything just until ki- the old kick the can down the road in the NFL, and, and then eventually you got to pay the piper. But Gave Glass now a bunch of money, too. They did. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if how interested they might be. The Yankees, of course, are always uh, a possibility, but you know maybe we could talk to them and be like, hey, New York is a shithole. Uh they haven't yeah. won anything, and we are the better team. So, you know, what do you what do you think about this? I, I think you're not going to be as confident or happy about my Phillies being involved in this. Well, I'd rather get them get them than the Mets or Yankees. People keep talking about well, the Yankees have a long tradition of Asian of Asian players, and and so do the Mets. And I'm like, well, so do the fuck the Dodgers. The Dodgers have so many Asian pitchers over the the course of their existence, really. And now they have Otani, the biggest Asian player. Ever, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, literally, you got to imagine one of the biggest players, um, baseball players ever, at least you know, aura wise, aura, aura, aura. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like we should be right, right there in the thick of it. We've had a bunch of, uh, you know, Takashi Saito, we had you, Darvish, we had Maeda, uh, Hiroki Kuroda, Kaz, Kaz Ishi, Ishi, Ishi. I, I remember him. He was a he was a OG, OG one back in the day, and he was good too. So like. You know, Chan Ho Park also. That was one of the, the biggest South Korean yeah. uh, players, at least at, at that time. So, also, I remember he got in a fight with somebody. I forget who it was. But um, we need we need pitching. We need pitching badly. So, uh, Kershaw's still, you know, deciding if he wants to, uh, you know, what he wants to do. I don't think anybody really cares. We're just like, all right, old man, if you'll, if you'll come back for one more, I guess we'll have you, you know, for in the bullpen or a long relief. But um, multiple, multiple of our pitchers are coming back from Tommy John or – Still battling back from it or have to get it. Uh, Julio Arias, not sure what's going on with him. Trevor Bauer, I don't think, is leaving uh, Japan. I think he's still going to stay over there for one more year, it seems. Um, also, next year, I think, is when the big the big fish, Roki Sasaki, is going to be uh, posted and coming over. I think he's going to be uh, probably, probably get more money than Yoshi, I, I would assume. He's younger, and I think he's better. So that's going to be a... Yeah, yeah, righty, Roki Sasaki. He pitches just like Otani. They they throw the they, it's crazy, but he's the big fish. Um, either next year or in two years. I think he's twenty two or twenty three right now. So uh, I think whoever doesn't get Yoshi should look ahead to the future and try to get Roki. Because either way, um, yeah, I want all of them though. I, if I'm the Dodgers, I want every single one. There's another guy, uh, Imanaga, yeah, or something like that. He's pretty decent. Uh, sign me up. I, I want all of them because right now we have. We have a bunch of guys who are like you know semi injured or injured, so that's 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 where I'm at. 
yeah, the uh, the Phillies, uh, apparently, according to Ken Rosenthal, that's if they don't end up with Yamamoto, could turn their attention to fellow Japanese left-hander Shota Amaga, a 30-year-old who posted a 266 ERA with 10.6 strikeouts per nine rate for Yokohama. I know you were locked in on Yokohama uh, this year. I was there. The, the, the reliever from the Orioles is another guy they're looking at, uh, Shintaro Fujinami, which I'm not. Uh, all that he had like an ERA of eight. Yeah, like he's so getting cooked at the end of the year. I'm okay with that. I re- I really, I I the Phillies have never really gotten into the Asian Japanese market. Like for as long as I've been a yeah. fan of them, I think it's kind of how it's always been. They've never really international in general. They, yeah, they really like any of the big time names. Like they obviously go out and they get the you know Johan Rojas, Carlos. Like they. They do get some of the lower end guys, but they sign them when they're like fifteen and hope that they turn into, you know, Jylan stud Ortiz. players. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah, I would like them to now. go out and get a a certified stud, like a twenty five year old Yoshinobu, uh, and just, you know, actually just put the money into something like that instead of hoping that somebody turns into something. I, I, I hey, I, remember they uh, gave eighteen million to that one guy and then he died. So. I don't who the who the fuck is that? <laughs> the Cuban pitcher. Oh, they were that's gonna give right. him forty million, and then they gave him eighteen because his arm was fucked up, and then he died a couple years later. Rest in peace, dude. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, also, forget his name. So it looks like Reese Hoskins is gonna end up going somewhere else as well. I see in the Cubs and the Mariners Damn. as possible landing spots for him. But there you go. Good. Trade him somewhere he'll be deserved and and welcomed. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a good on all that. You know, I, it's I I. If it's not us, I really would like Yamamoto to go to the Yankees so that we don't have to. I, I think I'm worried. I'm starting to get worried about your uh, Dodgers. Your Dodgers are starting to load up a little bit here. Uh, That's all right. Come on, you can you can afford to let him come here. What do you think about Glass now, though? That's a lot of money for Glass now, dude. I think he's coming off of a season high innings. I think he's had a bunch of weird seasons. I think he's had some bad luck, right? I think he was he was doing really well. He was looking to pitch, uh, you know. Stay healthy all of the co- the, the shortened the COVID shortened year, but since it was shortened, he wasn't able to you know pitch that long. So I feel like the times he has been healthy, there's been like a caveat. You know, like last year, it was like, oh, well, it's his first healthy year ever uh, before it was the COVID year, and then you know he had a couple years from injury. He, he missed two years from John. Um, but also, I, I have a weird suspicion that Tampa Bay, uh, the Rays, I don't know what they do or what they don't do, but they they have a lot of pitchers with arm issues. Uh, they had like four or five guys last year who had to get Tommy John alone. Uh, I think Jeff Springs, Drew Rasmussen, um, Shane McClanahan. So pretty much all their pitchers that they've traded for, developed, drafted, signed, whatever, have had to go through some kind of major arm or uh, elbow or shoulder surgery. I feel like there might be something to that. So it'll be interesting to see how Glassnell does in a different organization that has, you know, preaches much more different things and has a, a different philosophy uh, on and off the field to maybe help him. And now he's like, I think 28, 29. So he's, you know, should be in the physical peak and uh, his prime of his career. And um, yeah, I mean, four, four years, one ten is pretty much what we gave him extending on to the one year he had left on his deal. So I feel like, you know, it, it might be a lot of money and maybe he keeps getting injured and, and it looks like a terrible deal, but it's only a couple of years. So, I, theoretically, I'm thinking, you know, what's the worst that can happen? He's going to give us a couple solid years and then a couple bad years, and then we get rid of him. You know, so yeah. Uh, but I think the potential is through the roof. I think he can definitely, you know, 
be like a four or five win pitcher, not, you know, wins above replacement that is. And um, as, as long as he stays healthy, which, you know, with any pitcher is, is kind of um, the big, the big concern, right? You know, all pitching in general. And when you throw hard and you, uh, you know, have a bunch of different pitches that you also throw hard, your arms are going to get fucked up. So I don't want to baby any of these guys. I mean, look at the Phillies top prospects, you know, they're 18, 19, 20, and they're getting Tommy John. So it's just something that happens. Part of the game. Uh, I'm seeing stuff that Corbin Burns might get traded. Uh, Dylan Cease is also. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something. I think the Phillies, uh, from a Phillies-centered centered standpoint, need to get a starting pitcher. I don't know who. I don't know how good. But it needs to be somebody that you're going to be able to throw down the stretch and in the playoffs because you went out, you spent good money on a Taiwan Walker last year, and you couldn't even use him in the playoffs. So, I don't know if you had to move on from him or if you have to what, – what you got to do. But you have to get somebody in here that you can throw in the playoffs and somebody you can count on because you have two solid starters. You need one more ace-like pitcher that you can count on. And that that, that is really, I think, the whole uh, – other than maybe there's a couple bullpen arms that they could use. There's still Josh Hader out there who – that, that shoe's going to drop at some point. I don't know where he ends up. The Rangers – you know, the, obviously the Dodgers, all the the big players are always going to be you know included on a name like that. But yeah, I I, I just uh, the Phillies are. We need one more. We need a move. We need a move. It's been a cold, cold stove this off season for my <laughs> Philadelphia eating. Phillies. And you you're you over there in the Dodgers. They had the smoke detectors been going off the entire off season. It's been. I want more. I want more. As so. you should. Uh, you know, like you, like we said, though, we said a couple episodes ago, you know, you come up short twice in the playoffs. You don't accept that. You go, you know what? We got to do more. We have to get more. We have to get better players. And that's what they're going out and doing. They went out and got the best player in baseball. So the Phillies got, haven't done shit. Yeah, so exactly. The Phillies have to do something. Because what they have now is not it's not acceptable. It's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. So there you go. Go out and do it. So that is the Phillies. That is baseball. That is somewhat the sports world. But we do have some boxing this weekend, Ty. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, is that the intro to boxing? I was. I thought I was I was leading you in. I was sure if you wanted to. No, I was going to say something, but then I thought you had a uh, breaking news alert. So I kind of just let that oh. roll. No, I don't, I don't know why I quite did that. I just, I, I, it kind of just happened. I guess no, I don't really have any break news. Um, unless maybe there has to be some kind of fight break news, right? Jake Paul is partnering with USA Boxing for whatever that. Dana White has scheduled a fight with Daniel Cormier. Wow! All right. All right. Val Woodburn is actually coming back. And fighting again, he was the he was the poor fuck that fought um, Bo Nickel. Yeah, he's fighting Oban Elliott, that guy from the Contender series. You know that guy, the guy with the face. Um, no, but yeah, so we have a big event uh, this weekend. Anthony Joshua taking on Alto Valin. The day of reckoning. Um, the day. <laughs> is that what they're calling it? Yeah. Um, I don't know who's getting reckoned, but Riyadh season. Riyadh season. Yeah, I um, I guess so. This is going to obviously set up Joshua and Wilder, so you want to have them on the same card, sure. But it's actually a pretty good card. Like Dimitri Bivol is back. I don't think when's the last time we even see Bivol or saw Bivol. I think it was the fight after Canelo was yeah Gilberto Ramirez. So it's been a year since he's fought. And, you know, ring rust is definitely a thing in boxing. It seems like you know you yeah. want to get in there and, and and get some rounds in. 
So he's fighting Lyndon Arthur, a uh, a British fellow, King Arthur. He, uh, I think he only has one loss, but it was to Anthony Yardy a couple of years ago. He's he's just okay. He's he doesn't really have any good wins. Uh, he did beat Yardy before that, but um, yeah, I think it's just kind of like a get right fight for Bivol, and then we'll see who. I mean, dude, honestly, Bivol better Biev is definitely something that the Riyadh season matchmakers want to do, right? That that that's what they oh, want. His Excellency better- would love to see that fight. <laughs> his, his excellent, his excellency. I can't even say his excellency, Sir Excellence, would um would probably cream his pants over a nice Bivol better BF fight. I think I would too. That would be an absolute war between two just Russian monsters. So, uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller still undefeated technically is on this card against Daniel Dubois. Philip Hergovich, I think, is going to take one of these. is, is going to be a champion eventually. Uh, just because the, these sanctioning bodies are just completely crooked. He is going to be fighting on this card. And our boy, your yep. boy, Ar- Arslanbek Mahmudov is going to be on this card. He is a scary, large human being. And uh, he's taken on, I don't really know, Ajit, Ajit Kabayal. Um, I guess he's German. So there's that. Um, he's, yeah. I mean, he, he's undefeated. He's 23. Somebody's O has to go. So, Hell yeah. It's probably this poor fucker from Germany. Junior Fa Frank Sanchez. That's actually an interesting fight. Frank Sanchez, the undefeated uh, Cuban. His nickname is the Cuban Flash. 31 years old. Not really living up to the hype that they thought, but he's still around. He's still a name, a face. Uh, pretty much just an all-heavyweight card is what we're doing here. But Anthony Joshua, Otto Valine in the main event. Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker in the co-main event. Let's see if I have these odds. All in front of me. They should. They should be out. Minus so eight hundred for Deontay Wilder. Minus four fifty for uh, Anthony Joshua, which is a little. That, that's kind of the like closest odds of any of the. Yeah, that's not even that bad, won. honestly. Um, now y- you want to think that both of these guys are on their p's and q's, right? Uh, Anthony Joshua isn't uh, being being weird. If there if there's like a press conference the week of, and he starts like. Screaming at Otto Valine, which he did a couple weeks ago. He he started trying to talk trash to Otto Valine. Otto Valine's like, "What? Like I'm just this fucking <laughs> Swedish guy. I'm not I'm not trying to talk shit, you know." Um, He's like, "Bro, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> who the fuck are you talking? Like, what, what do you say? Fuck me for? You know what I what I do?" But um, he lost. Obviously, he's notable. He's noted or he's notable for his loss to Tyson Fury back in 2019. I can't believe it was that long ago. But he actually put up a really good fight. Yeah. Uh, made uh, Tyson Fury bleed. Yep. A little bit, and since then he's rattled off, I think, six in a row. Um, hasn't really, you know, he was supposed to fight Dillian White, he was supposed to fight Lucas Brown, a couple cancellations here and there. Um, took on Murat Gassiev, beat him by split decision in the last fight. Murat Gassiev, not, not not the best. He he once went the distance with Alexander Usyk, but he doesn't really have any good wins. So that wasn't the best to see from Otto Wallin. That's why I think, and he's also, all pretty much all of his wins since the Fury fight are, have been by decision. I don't think he's going to win a decision against Anthony Joshua. I mean, he can definitely make it ugly, make it awkward in there. I mean, yeah. fighting Anthony Joshua, honestly, what you want to do is just get in his head because he's very mentally weak at this point in his career. I'm not sure after that Klitschko fight. I don't know what the fuck happened to him, but uh, I think he just got too famous too early, honestly, is what the problem was. But I think he just has to get in his head, try to bully him and dirty box. Other than that, I think Joshua should win. Same with Deontay Wilder. Joseph Parker's tough, but... Um, it, you know, he's kind of older. He's, he's actually only 31. It's kind of crazy, but he's been in a lot of wars. The Joe Joyce fights or fight. I think he only fought him once. That was brutal. And, uh, he's won three fights since then, but you know, I don't even know who any of these guys are. Simon Keen. I thought he was a soccer player. So, um, 
He fought Chisora twice, two tough fights. Junior five beat him. Yeah, I just think Joseph Parker's a name, a face, kind of like a tune-up, right? These are both ideally tune-up fights so they can both fight each other in, I think, March, May. So um, what, what, what do you think? What do you, what do you think we're going to see from AJ and Deontay? I never have been a fan of AJ. Uh, it's not – I just think he is, for a boxer, when he gets hit, man, his body does not respond well. And yeah. on a few occasions I've seen him rocked and – you know, he sometimes recovers, sometimes doesn't. I mean, you knocking out Robert Hellenius is not <laughs> not that impressive to me just because that guy. I mean a strong gust of wind comes through and he and he's seizing on the ground. So I, I it's <laughs> Shout out to Bryce Mitchell. Shout out to Bryce Mitchell. He, you know Oh, oh he's shaking. So at least we won't have to see that this weekend, hopefully. Uh, I think you will get to see a few kind of highlight reel esque knockouts. Uh oh, Deontay yeah. Wilder always been a favorite of mine just the way he comes in does you know does not fuck around at all and you know i think he eventually catches mr uh joseph parker and puts him out uh i don't know if i'm too off on that i i you know i'm obviously not the boxing expert that you are but i do like the ufc as like element to this where it's like a, a loaded card with names on it that you all like, you know, from top to bottom, you can pretty much, you know, for me, even as like a casual, I'm like, oh, wow, that guy's, oh, wow, that guy's fighting. Like, yeah. like Bevol is like the feature, you know, like the, Crazy. that, uh, that's pretty insane. And, and, you know, a lot of these guys are going to win. A lot of them are, you know, favorites, but, you know, Jarrell Miller, I think is an underdog in that one. In that Slight uh, underdog, not, not, you know, Daniel Dubois is only minus 300. And, you know, for boxing odds, you think that that's not too crazy. Daniel Dubois is 26. He just, he's coming off a loss to Usyk in a tough one. Um, I think it was only a couple months ago too. So yeah, four months ago, a nine round affair. I feel like it's a quick turnaround. Jarrell, big baby Miller, um, 35. He's failed. I, I don't know, 637 drug tests, I think in his <laughs> life. Um, he hasn't been clean in, you know, 595 days, something like that. So he's coming off a win earlier this year against Lucas Brown. Beat the shit out of Lucas Brown, but Lucas Brown's kind of cooked. You know, should I say kind of cooked? He's pretty much cooked. He's 44 years old. Yeah. Big daddy Lucas Brown. He's he's steamed, he's fried, and he's done. They went six rounds. And, you know, Jerome Miller's a, t- a shit talker, and he's somebody that's trying to get into the picture. But um, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. You know, he probably – who's to say he won't fail a drug test from here between now and the fight, you know? So you never we'll know. see if he can well, make it. I don't it. think they're really uh, testing over there in Riyadh. That's probably – I don't think there's many rules. I can't wait to see the musical entertainment aspect of it. Who are we going to have come over right before Christmas? So, you know, I don't know. I might Options might be a little limited. Michael Buble? Maybe Dua Lipa, you know? I, I don't. Okay. I don't know. That would be nice, but honestly – I will make sure that I'm tuned in for Arslan Beck, uh, like that. I love that guy. I really do. Yeah. The Russian Canelo does not fuck around at all. He is a he tries to murder people. Uh, what was the last time I saw him fight? Was that the? It was just a couple months ago. Junior when he fought, um, Anthony Wright. I don't even two know months who. ago. Yeah, he killed Junior Anthony Wright guy. was decent. Yeah, he walked through that guy like he was just a regular dude and. Uh, he might have been. He might have been. I I just love the uh, love the give no fucks aspect of some of these uh, guys, and I just like how loaded this card is. So I actually will be enjoying this on Saturday. So it starts at one p.m., which is very early, but it is what it is. I'm not sure when this main event will start, but I assume it might be like you know they're gonna push six, that bitch six, back seven. seven. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a great time with their uh, pacing. I know they're gonna show a bunch of like highlights that nobody wants to see and random shit that nobody cares about. Uh, make sure you come visit Saudi Arabia. We're not, you know, we're nice people. So I'm okay. But thank yeah, I'm good. Me and Matt, me and Matt are actually on the no fly list uh, towards any flights wow. going to Riyadh. Yeah, so. I don't care what's going on. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, <laughs> we can't go. Uh, I'm sorry, we have things to do. Uh, we won't be there. But send us a postcard. You know, hopefully. What is this um, going to be on? I believe. I mean, you can probably so watch this be, on every streaming service possible because every promotion is involved in this. This is Matchroom. Just because so it's Matchroom and Queens and Queensbury. Matchroom is where AJ is with Eddie Hearn. Queensbury Promotions is, um, I think, where Parker and some of these other guys like Dubois, um, maybe Arslan Beck and Frank Sanchez Junior Five. I think Queensbury is is Frank Warren and some of the yeah. other Brits. Uh, Tom, top ranks involved. I think they have either uh, Valine or Wilder, or maybe both. They're all involved, though. They I all. Mean, I see like five hundred different promotions are involved. So that's yeah. That's, there's a lot going on here. Uh, everybody's getting a piece of the pie. I guess it's a big pie. It should be fun, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't know where we can watch it though. Let's see which who is who is who is streaming. Who is is it? The zone maybe. Like I feel like the zone has to be. Has to be the provider here. I think it is. I think it is the zone. It would only make sense. Um, yeah, it is the zone. Okay, so ring walks. Ma- main event ring walk is six forty-five Eastern time, approximately. So I think that'll probably be end so up being like nine six, o'clock, seven fifty-six. <laughs> <laughs> so midnight. All right, that, that sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, if you're in Argentina, Chile, or Colombia, you must download the DAZN app. So I'm sorry. Good luck to everyone out there trying to find this fight. Uh, best of luck on Saturday. Uh, enjoy your holidays, ladies and gentlemen. If we don't hear from you uh, or you don't hear from us, uh, you know you can always reach out in the dead. comments. Wish us a uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, this is us wishing you a Happy 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 Holidays and a Merry Christmas to all as the Merry Bells keep ringing. Happy Holidays. All right, that's all you're getting out of me. But this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Ty Capone. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, have a holly jolly Christmas. It is the best time of the year.